0: Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started.
1: Avid listeners, as you probably know, we just finished our series on the six points of financial planning. If you missed one of those episodes or any episode of Dear Rochester Retire Well, you can always go back and catch up. Today, we have a very special episode as your favorite podcast host will actually become the guest on today's episode. By the end of the episode, there is a chance that he becomes your second favorite podcast host, but that's just a chance that we're going to have to take. Today, we're talking about sudden wealth planning with your normal host, David Paulsini. David, how are you doing today? And why don't you start off by telling people what that actually means, sudden Wealth Planning.
2: I, I will, but you didn't introduce yourself. I so thought they you choose would. choose who their favorite host is.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> right. My name is Marshall Scheid. I'm uh, another one of the guys here at Six Point Financial Partners. And I do have the privilege of working with our managing partner, David Paulsini, on a daily basis. So yeah, th- let's thanks, try Marshall. that again. Get it yeah, going. There we
2: go. So let's dive into Sudden Wealth because we could talk about this for uh, a very long time. But as, as many of the listeners know, and I know you know this, Marshall, I've been an advisor since 2003. And when you are a financial advisor, there are many recurring themes that you see. And what I mean by themes is basically we see the same things many times over and over again that most people find unique to them. So An example might be retirement, right? Most people have to retire one time, or at least their big retirement is one time. Many people retire several times, I guess. But the big retirement decision is usually once for folks. We see it hundreds or thousands of times. So we've lived it many, many times for different people, right? Um, Another example is our topic today, Marshall, and that's what I would call sudden wealth planning. And our firm as a whole has seen hundreds of people again, maybe thousands, come into sudden wealth. And sudden wealth is exactly what it sounds like to answer your question. You've just won the lottery. You've just received an inheritance. You just received a legal settlement, maybe through a divorce or a lawsuit of some sort. You, we've, we've had folks that have had very large stock options vest through their employer and they get large checks given to them and they don't know what to do with it. Maybe you just sold your business. That's happening a lot right now. So you get it. You just came across hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions, or hundreds of millions of dollars. If you are not used to this wealth, it truly is life-changing, right? So in many cases, I'll give you an example, like a divorce settlement, you need to make sure that the budget is handled properly. Okay. So our main goal today is to outline how to handle that and walk you through, walk the listeners through the steps that we think you should take in order to handle all of that. So- First of all, let me say this, Marshall. I want to point out that this can seriously be, and I've run into this, and fortunately or unfortunately, it can be, I guess, unfortunately in this case, a negative experience if it's not handled properly or planned for, and planned for soon after it happens. So I know there are listeners right now saying, yeah, it must be nice, or what a great problem to have. You just got millions of dollars. I'll tell you on the other side, folks, there are people and other listeners that are listening that have had this happen are saying, Dave, you are absolutely right. I had a negative experience by getting millions of dollars. So there's, there's a, I was just reading about this, there's a, even a stress related disorder called sudden wealth syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of that, Marshall, but it's a real thing. And yeah, and it, I just think about this, and everybody knows this, right? And we've all heard the stories of the people winning a lottery or the former professional athletes who have nothing left just a few years later. Most studies will show, and I won't get into each study, but People who receive a large sum of money have nothing to show for it within three years. So, again, you might be sitting there saying, hey, if I got $4 million, there's no way I'd run out of money in three years. I'm telling you, it happens all the time. Why? People are not prepared for the tremendous amount of emotional stress that it takes. So, people change when this happens. Your relationships change. The biggest reason that I find is financial habits don't change. If you were spending 95% of your income or what you have now, I'm telling you, you do the same thing if it's a hundred times more. I've seen it too many times. So if this happens and folks come into a large sum of money, especially if it's public knowledge of any kind, you know what these people need to be ready for, Marshall? No, what can they do? (laughs) Well, they need to be ready for an abundance of, I will call it unsolicited (laughs) financial advice. Right. Here's an opportunity to invest in some land. Hey, can I have a loan? Can you hold my mortgage? Can you help me start my business? Do you want to pay for your niece's master's degree? So these are real examples. I could probably give you 50 more. Um, But then you are forced to say yes to a typically bad investment or no. And then you become disliked by those folks who were your best friends three weeks ago. So you won't give up the money that you just got. So in many times I would tell people just don't even tell anybody it's happening. If you, if you can help it. So that can be very hard to handle.
1: Yeah, no, I'm sure. I've heard a lot of uh, horror stories about the same kind of thing, but yeah. so what, what should people do if, if this happens or sometimes ideally actually um, it can kind of be expected, but what should they do when this happens?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I, First of all, what we try to do with our clients, and any financial advisor should be doing this, is prepare people before it happens. So one of the questions that we would ask is, I mean, it's sometimes awkward to ask, by the way, but it's, are you expecting an inheritance of any kind? It it may be awkward to ask, but it's part of our job, right? And if they are, different planning steps need to be taken. So that's one aspect. Another one would be, if you can't plan for it, you win a scratch-off lotto ticket for $3 million. We've had that happen. We couldn't really plan in advance for that. I didn't ask the folks if they plan on winning the lottery. And if they did say yes, I wouldn't <laughs> believe them. So. <laughs> so the first step I would say is just take a step back and pretend that it has not happened yet. And if it makes sense and you can, again, hold off from telling people about it. And what I mean by this is pretend it hasn't happened yet. Don't walk into the office the next day and quit your job. That's so many people's <laughs> dream, by the way. It's just I, I just want a bunch of money. I'm out. I can't wait to tell them I'm out. Don't do that yet. Try to lay low. Don't buy that car or the truck or the boat or the house. If you can live normally for six months, if not at least a year to make some decisions. Lay low. Um, And again, don't make any of those big decisions. It's nice to know that you have some backup, by the way. So if you you can go back to work and you know that at any time you can quit, (laughs) if it makes sense, it makes it a lot easier to show back up at work. And Again, you can financially do something different, but this gives you time to think about it and let it sink in. So let me give you an example here. If you are a listener over the age of let's say 40 or 45, and I'm in this age range, so I can say this, take a second. I want you to think about this. If, if you won $3 million today, what would you do with it? Versus if you won $3 million when you were 25 years old. I think people are laughing when I say that. Like, how different would you handle it today than, you, than 20 years ago, we'll say. And I'm telling you, when you were 65, so fast forward 20 more years, you will say the same thing about the age you are right now. So it just keeps going. What I want you to do is actually just be smart about it, slow down, and, and don't spend it all. So, and, and here's another thing. I, I'm a financial advisor. What I would say is during this initial phase of just taking a step back, don't feel like you have to go invest your money right away into anything, okay? There, you'll get to that, which is a different step. But for the, for the time being, just let's say you've got a million dollars. Let's just take it and put it into some very, very safe accounts, very conservative accounts, maybe even just the bank. I know it's not the greatest interest rate bearing investments right now, but we can talk about that. Um, but just something safe, conservative, and then take a step back, and then we can reinvest it at a different time, okay? Cool. So the second step is, so after we, we've taken a quick time out is just reframe your thought of, thoughts about what money means. And I, this is from experience. I've had folks get a couple million dollars, a million dollars, $3 million, $10 million. And what I would say is when I say reframe what you think that means, don't think about it as a lump sum of 10 million or 3 million. Let's just use 1 million for easy math. You just got a million bucks. Based on the circumstances, that might be good or bad, by the way. So I, I, I almost want to say, congratulations, you just got a million dollars, but sometimes it's not in the best scenario. But instead of thinking of it as a million dollars that you can go spend, what I would say is reframe it to think about it as how much can you take off of that million dollars every year as an income and really not run out of money? Okay, so the old rule of 4%, 4% on a million dollars, this, this should reframe your thoughts. 4% and a million dollars, Marshall, what's that? a year, David. There you go. So $40,000, it's not a million bucks. It's a $40,000 a year salary. That right there should change what you think about that million dollars. Right. So take a step back, reframe what you think. And then the third step is find the trusted advisors. Okay. Find the right mix of tax people, legal people, Um, your estate plan is going to change, your risk management folks, your financial advisors. So when I say find those people, it's so important to find the right ones because I've seen people do good things and I've seen people do bad things. We want to make sure that your money is put into the spots and your taxes are handled properly and your estate plan is updated. If you need help finding those folks, I would say this, and this is not an advertisement for us, but I've said this a lot reach out to us and I can send you the questions to ask all these professionals. I have them for every single professional service out there. So I have, what should you be asking your tax person? What should you be asking an estate planning attorney? What should you be asking your financial advisor? And then from there, you can make a decision on who you actually trust and like and feel good about working with.
1: That's really good advice.
2: Thanks, Marshall. That's just the third step. And um, I I could give 15 steps right now, but I promised I wouldn't do that. And I'm talking too much (laughs) already.
0: A quick interruption. Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show.
2: The, the next step is once you find those advisors, we wanna plan for the future, right? We wanna make sure that with the, team, the team's in place, we need to translate that money into something that's going to last you as long as possible. We do not want to be part of the, we run out, we've run out of money in three years. We do not want that, right? So we need to get a clear understanding of what's important to you and what your goals would be and what you want that newfound money to do, okay? That could be pay off debts. It could be pay off expenses. It could be set up, set up a trust or a charity, uh, charitable foundation, Depending on how much money you get based on this, there there are so many different things you can do, but we want to make sure that this money lasts, number one, lasts, and number two, it is the best for you and your future. One thing I want to point out here is if this money comes from an inheritance, there are things that are different. That Meaning if you won the lottery versus you inherited money in different types of accounts, there, there are certain considerations you need to obviously take into consideration. So <laughs> one of them is uh, depending on the type of money that you inherit, right? So if you inherit pre-tax money from an IRA, the rules are different than if you inherit life insurance money, right? So if you have an IRA that you're inheriting from whoever it is, you want to make sure that the tax rules are followed properly. Because if they are not, the penalties are, they they could be huge. It could be up to 50% of what you were supposed to take out of that. Okay.
1: Does that matter who it's from? If you inherit an
2: IRA from somebody, does that matter who it's from? Great question, Marshall. And I know you know the answer to this and you're just teeing this up for me. So I appreciate that. Yes, it does. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for the interruption because I'll just keep going. If you inherit money from a spouse, I'll call it inherit. You, You received your spouse's IRA. You really don't have to do anything. The, the spouse's money goes right into your own IRA account. Okay, so there's nothing you really have to do except get your own name on that account. If you inherit an IRA from a parent, the rules are different or aunt or uncle or grandpa, whoever it is, if it's not a spouse, then you have to take that money over a certain period of time. Okay. And it used to be based on your life expectancy. The tax laws have changed and now we have to take it over a 10 year period. That can be tricky when we're planning because and we've run into this a lot, actually very recently. And I know you have too, Marshall with with a lot of your clients. Um, Unfortunately, parents, parents are passing away. I think it goes back to our demographics, right? People are getting older. They did a good job of saving. If they pass away, their beneficiaries may be their children. So what if, what if you're, a 45 year old and you're very successful in in your own right and then you inherit 4 million dollars in an IRA or a 401k and you don't want that money right what do you do with it how do you, how do you minimize the taxes going to you because again you don't you don't want to take it so there are certain strategies that I won't get into right now that you want to make sure that you take into consideration if you are already successful or you're trying to minimize taxes okay Another one that we just had recently, um, and I won't get into every single type of account, but I have a couple others. Typically, when someone passes away and you get an inheritance, there are there's more than this, but I would say three things: one being pre-tax accounts, another one being just after-tax stocks or securities. Okay, when someone inherits a stock or an account with stocks in it or funds. If it, let's just say it's from your parents, if your parents put in 50,000, and now it's worth 100,000. If you were to take that, if, if your parents were alive, and they took that money out, they would owe some taxes on that $50,000 in growth, right? That's a call to capital gain. Depending how long it's in there, the tax rates are different. Once they pass away, and it goes to you, you receive what's called a step up in basis. So now your basis could be and again, there's different rules for this and there's exceptions for everything, but this is the general gist of it. Your your basis is now 100,000. So if you took it right away and did something with it and it didn't make or lose a penny, you would owe no taxes on that, okay? Unless then we're getting into big estate values and some other things. So in general, you you should owe no taxes on that. So a lot of times when folks inherit their parents' stock accounts or security accounts or after-tax accounts, we're able to take it and immediately put it into something that fits the children. Because the parents maybe had invested something that fit the parent, but doesn't fit the 45-year-old child in that example. The third one is real estate, which actually has the same exact step-up in basis as the securities. Real estate's a bit of a pain if you inherit it. Again, that's for a different episode, but you do receive the step-up in basis, which is very important right now in the way the real estate market's going in uh, early 2022 the property value is probably much higher than it was when they bought it, right? And the last one I'll mention, I said there were three, I'm gonna give you a bonus of a fourth is insurance. If you get insurance money, life insurance, that is tax-free to you, okay? So if your parents had, or anybody has a, call it a $500,000 life insurance policy, you check a box on the form should somebody pass away and they will send you a check or directly deposit it right into your bank account. For $500,000, no taxes owed, okay? I'm not getting into the estate planning part of it, but there are certain limits if, if your folks or somebody else has an estate worth, we'll call it more than $22 million, so actually $24 million this year. There are some other taxes, but for the vast majority of people listening, that's not the case. So, um, and, and if it is the case, there are some other things we would do with gifting and some other things ahead of time. But um, those are the four things we may inherit Okay. So this wasn't supposed to be an inheritance podcast, but it is part of a uh, sudden wealth and we're running into it a lot. So,
1: yeah, it's probably the more, I guess, prevalent way to get sudden wealth. Right. I mean, yeah. Most of my clients are inheriting money and most of them are not winning the lottery. I think we already addressed that. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I, we have seen, and I mean, just again, based on, based on population and themes, we are having a lot of clients or people coming in that have been uh, getting divorced, right? And they're getting some sort of settlement. And a lot of times these folks have no idea what to do with that money. And that wasn't their thing. They're getting divorced. A lot of times we're working with the spouse that wasn't the financial head of the household. And they might be getting a million and a half dollars and $20,000 a month. And they really don't even know where to begin. What I would say to those folks, if they're listening is, exactly the same steps. Take a step back. Make sure your bills are paid, definitely. What expenses have to go out? But then take a step back. You're going to get that money. Let's get you on a monthly budget. Let's make sure that we're invested properly from the beginning. Let's go back into our bucket strategy. What what safe money do we need for the next three to five years? Let's invest a little bit more moderately for anything beyond that. And then long-term money for retirement or other things can be invested a little more aggressively. Those folks love it, Marshall, when we can show them like, this is your very, very safe money. Nothing is really going to happen to this, even if the market goes way down. And that could be bank accounts, cash, CDs, very, very safe investments, all the way up through very aggressive things. We are running into a lot of people that are going through and getting divorce settlements, definitely. Yep. Um, just a few lotto winners, though. Not not many.
1: Yeah. And a lotto ones are the fun ones, right? I mean, there's like you said, there's always a kind of a sour side to this. If it's not, you know, I mean, if it's an inheritance or if it's a divorce settlement, you know, true,
2: true. Yeah. The lotto can be fun, but I'll tell you again, not, not to bring this back and then we'll finish it up here. The, the lottery is the one where you get the people chasing after you. Your friends oh, yeah. now know that you won the lottery and I'm telling you those examples I gave were real. Can you help me pay for your niece's master's degree? You just got two million bucks, and you're like, "Wait, well, wait a second. Maybe I don't yeah. want to. Now, if you don't, that's a problem. And if you do, you're like, I felt like I was like forced to do it. Maybe, yeah. by the way, maybe you're happy to do it. That's cool too. Like, go ahead. God bless you. That's awesome. But there are other investment things that come up when you win the lottery that you won't even think of until it happens, which yeah. it probably won't happen. But if it does, <laughs> now you know what to do. Now with that
1: attitude.
2: That's right. <laughs> I don't think I've scratched off a lotto ticket or played the lotto in 20 years. Good for me, right? That's why I even won. That's right. Here we go. I don't give myself a chance. So yeah. And then, then what I would say, Marshall said this at the beginning, the, the last part is really, once you find an advisor to help you with this stuff, go back to the six points of financial planning. And that's why we named our firm what we did, right? How do we handle our investments? How do we handle our risk management? So what do we need for insurances now that we have some money? Or again, in a case of a divorce, maybe you need to go out and find new insurances. We have to deal with that a lot. Health insurance, right? That's just health insurance is just one example of like, oh, I didn't even think of that. But that's in the divorce agreement to get that done. Or do I need an umbrella policy in case someone my neighbor finds out that I just had five million dollars come in and they, they all of a sudden slipped on my porch and now they're suing me for five million dollars. <laughs> but let's make sure the proper insurances are in place. Retirement income. What are we taking for retirement income? What are we investing for our future retirement? What are we doing for tax planning? That's a big one. Again, different episode. We've already done that. What are we updating on our estate documents? Once you get this certain money, or again, I keep going back to this. If you're getting divorced, you need to meet with an attorney right away to update all of your your stuff and your estate plan. Okay, your will, your healthcare proxy, your power of attorney. Then we can get into custom goals. Maybe you do want to buy the boat, the truck, the car, whatever it is that's when we can get into custom goal planning or charitable giving or gifting to other folks. So, but we want to get that, that base covered and then we can move on from there. And those are my steps Marshall for sudden wealth planning for the time being.
1: Yeah. I love it. And if, if uh, any of the listeners here want a refresher, I already said it, but the last six episodes, I know you dive into each one of those a little bit deeper. So the last six episodes are are obviously going to be helpful much like all the other ones. That uh, you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, right? Blueberry.com. All of them. All of them, right? Everywhere.
2: Let me, let me throw this last thing in there because our most recent episode is probably one of the most popular already. And Marshall, I know you'll love this, is what I would seriously suggest is getting all of your stuff, all of your assets, your team, your kids, your spouse, get all of your finances on one page. And we can do that using a tool called Asset Map. That is in the last episode. That was a great one. It explains, it makes finances extremely simple. It gets all of our stuff on one page. I'm not going to sell it any more than that. But I, what I would say is, if if you're going through any of this, or you plan to go through any of this, listen to our last episode with the CEO of Asset Map, Adam Holt. And this is one of the first steps that we would do in sudden wealth planning. Is let's get everything on one page, so it's easy to see and easy to manage. Okay.
1: Yeah. Actually, when you were, when you were saying one of those awkward questions is, do you expect an inheritance?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you, you know, I mean, I say about half the time I ask clients that they have no idea. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. One way to open up that conversation for them with their loved ones that they might be inheriting from is to show them an asset map and say, do you guys have one of these made already? And if so, like, where is everything? Just because that's an easier conversation when they're still around, obviously, yeah. you know, so I could save you a lot of time and headache too.
2: Yeah. And again, not to repeat the entire last episode, but it's, it's a map, right? Like where, where's all of our stuff. And if you're listening to this and your parents don't have that done, wouldn't it be nice? God forbid something happens to them. If everything was on one page and at least that you knew where to start and where to find all, of all of the stuff, right. I'll leave Absolutely. it there. Marshall, if you want to close it out and then we'll, uh, we'll call it a day.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think you, I think you crushed that one. So Maybe the best guest you've ever had on your podcast
2: <laughs> yeah, is Definitely yourself, not. <laughs> Definitely
1: not. but yeah, no, I mean, like I said, catch all those other episodes, dear out to retire. Well, I know you'll be back in a couple of weeks with another fresh episode where you'll be back in the host chair. So myself and everyone else who listens is probably very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Sun Wealth Planning. Nice job.
2: So where can they find you, Marshall? Where can listeners find you? Where can they find us?
1: They can find each of us on LinkedIn, but then you can find the six point page at six point fp.com. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, the internet, anywhere
2: anywhere on the website, right? One of our favorite guests did say, if everyone just had a device in the pocket or in their pocket, that they could just put our name into the Google, right? Just
1: put it right in the Google. (laughs)
2: So There we go. Marshall, do you want to say, make it a great day or do you want me to?
1: I think it would only be right if you did that.
2: All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in again. Next week's going to be a great one on the, well, two weeks on the mistakes that we see common mistakes. And I'm going to have different CFPs on talking about what they have seen. So make sure you tune in. And for now. Make it a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.
3: Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners, or RFG advisory, or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by Registered Representatives of Private Client Services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by Investment Advisory Representatives of RFG Advisory, a Registered Investment Advisor. Private Client Services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities.